Welcome to This Is Our Call, a podcast where we talk about life, theology, and the gospel. I'm Matthew. And I'm Jonathan. And that was only the second time we had to do that. We're making improvements, everybody. We're making improvements. Only one time. So let me just let me just start by saying that this may be an interesting episode because Jonathan and I have, over the past two, two and a half weeks... We've been a little frisky with each <laughs> other. A little frisky because at work right now, we're, we're evaluating the data points data points is the way i'll put it and you would you would i'm more i'm more of a black and white guy i think jonathan is too i think you tend to be more black and white i'm a very black in, and in white person and the but problem, i've learned i've learned over the years that i can't be black and white about everything the, yeah i've learned that too the problem with data is that it's not always black and white and you have to like evaluate different things that are going on in the data before you can make some conclusions. I wouldn't say that it's data isn't black and white. Data is always black and white. It, it It's either yes or no. However, you can transform data and I don't want to say manipulate okay, data. So let's call it the interpretation. But you can make data look the way you want it to look. I agree with that. You can you can certainly fudge some stuff. And no, no, no. Yeah. I'm not saying you, you actually physically manipulate. I'm just saying the way that you present it I think it's up to interpretation. Yeah. So I don't think it's black and white from that perspective. It's up for interpretation. And Jonathan has tried to play the more, um, I don't want to call it the level-headed approach, more of the the stubborn, won't-come-to-the-light approach. I, I, I'm going to go more <laughs> devil's advocate and making sure that we're covering our bases. Sure. So... Which it, I've brought it, up some very valid points. You have brought up some. I haven't. I've, I have recognized some of those begrudgingly some of the validi- validity of some of those excessively begrudgingly. You're like, it's because we came to the conclusion of what the issue was, though. And, and it then took I like looked, a week and a half to get there. And I was like, I told you, though. So. I told you it was this. <laughs> and then I looked and be like, actually, but here's the other issue. And then he goes, if you tell me there's one more issue, I did. I'm going to slap you. I think that's what I said. <laughs> if you tell me there's, if you say this one more time. <laughs> Uh, so we got a little we got a little feisty, and then this morning discussing the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Prior to getting into it, I think we were actually shouting. We were we we were we were loud. We were excessively loud. It's a good it's a good thing that no one's here, or they would actually they probably wouldn't be shocked because we've been pretty pretty loud at each other. And so Matt, how how are you doing? Just totally off topic. Just to you know. Level the landscape for a minute. I feel like I have a lot going on right now. I've got a lot going on at work. I've got a lot going on at home. My sister's coming into town today. We're going to the fair. When's she getting in? I don't know. I think, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Hi, Megan. Yeah. So shout out to Megan. Um, no idea when she's coming in. Just a lot going on today. And then I've got to teach tomorrow. Uh, so busy weekend. Matt, why do you have to teach tomorrow? Isn't it, wasn't it supposed to be... It's be, you know what? You're not going to shame me over this because I have a midterm last weekend that I had to take, which, by the way, I scored pretty well on. And I just You're decided welcome. You're welcome. I had in my in-laws, part of my in-laws, so my mother-in-law. I wish you would have told me. I wish you would have told me town. Friday or Thursday that you needed me to cover for you. Not, I, didn't, I didn't know if I would need you or not. Not at 5 and then, o'clock on Saturday. And then as things kind of progressed, it was like, I could do this, but I would I would be pretty miserable. So I should have let them suffer. You know what? That just goes more into what, not what we're going to be discussing today, but ju- just the, just today. the like, the. Can you hear that? Yeah, you can, can hear, you hear that. that? that so that's that, Matt clacking his knuckles together yeah. of us actually causing friction and tension between us. But you know what happens with friction, Jonathan? It turns into fire. 
fire is life. <laughs> <laughs> oh sharpens. I don't know where Did I'm going. Did you just say fire it. sharpens? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, like melts things, and then you, you can create sharp things with it. <laughs> what are you, a smith? What are you, a blacksmith now? <laughs> All right, let's go. Here's what we're talking oh, about today. Oh, goodness. So, uh, we're talking da- about crazy. Ago, wait, 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 wait. We're we talking, are talking about, about crazy. crazy. So two days ago, we are sitting in our boss's office with uh, another person, and uh, we were discussing- And by another person, he means another fellow employee. Correct. And uh, we're, we're, in addition to having a pretty great work environment, there there is, we're pretty good friends. We're friends too, and we were sitting there discussing. I don't even know how this came up, but the uh, SBC 2019 resolutions and thoughts around uh, the adoption of, and this is where we're going to get talking in a second. The adoption around the resolution. I shouldn't say adoption. I should say resolution. There was no adoption. It I know there's no a resolution. The resolutions about around issue. critical race theory and intersectionality, which no one actually knows what the heck we're talking about right now. Yes, probably not unless you watch a lot of politics. And this has been big in politics right now. The, this conversation around intersectionality. I don't know so much about critical race theory, but I've heard the term intersectionality long before we had our conversation um, Thursday or Friday in the office. So, I got pretty, I wouldn't say heated, but animated around. Impassioned. Impassioned is a good word. You're welcome. Uh, around intersectionality, just because, and critical race theory too, in regards to how that is to be used and how we read and understand and evaluate the scriptures. Which it shouldn't be used. Yes, we're just going to go on the record right now and say, it should not be used to understand the Bible at I, all. I, and for the record, I agree with you. As this episode progresses, I agree with you on that point. However. However. I don't know what your however is. We'll get there. Well, I guess we'll get there. So we thought it would be good to take a step back and just for a moment talk about this particular topic in general because I think it's confusing and even as we were reading up on it more, I've, I've come to the conclusion it's still confusing. Uh, so, so here's the issue. So here's the issue with the issue. Okay. Everyone following me right now? These two theories and I don't know if you want to call them ideologies, theologies, worldviews. The issue is is that they're very, at their, at their base, they're very ambiguous. There's no, there not a not a lot of specificity with it. Where you're getting very granular, it's just a very broad term that has. How do I want to say this? It's enveloped a lot more than I think it should. I don't want to say that it was intended to because I think the intention was always to go this far, but I think it's enveloped more than it should. Yeah, I think based on what I understand about the person who coined the term intersectionality, I think part of the goal was to to take it here. I don't know if they ever knew it would it would get here, but it, I think it certainly has. And so I guess twofold for me, like the, the reasons I thought this would be relevant to talk about, because I, I think that most of our listeners are probably, I think you're right, they're probably going to say, what in the heck? And, and I don't know what this is. I'm going to go back and drink my coffee. Yeah. And, and I think it's because Jonathan and I, A, watch a lot of political stuff because we like to keep up with what's going on in the culture. Plus, in the way we're driven, um, I think both of us like rhetoric and debate and some of the political stuff right now is just a real clown show to watch. And so it's entertaining. It's though. entertaining. So it's kind of like 
this is really happening. This stuff is bananas right now. So I think I think to start this off, well, hold on, let, hold on, let, me, let me give you. I'm going to give the dictionary slash encyclopedia Empedia. Empedia Ted from um, But hold on, before you do that though, before you do that, so that, like one reason, like I can't even remember the first reason I said now, but to evaluate what was going on there. But I think our, our culture. This is something that's happening in our culture right now. And whether or not it's going to be be impacting us on a large scale is yet to, to, to be determined. But I think there's a real risk and a possibility that we're going to be real people in real real world, real life are going to be impacted by these terms. So that's thing one. Thing two is, apart from that, people, I am concerned that people are using these things and others, new things that are coming today, to understand and read the scriptures. And that's my concern. I think it's been that way, though, throughout history. Yeah, I, I definitely think it has. But I feel like in the past 20, 30 years, there was, at least in the evangelical community, a big consensus around... So you know, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give the dictionary slash encyclopedia definition. Adia. Encyclopedia. And Matt's going to try and put it into layman's terms, and then we'll discuss it oh, to try. God, I got to do the layman's terms. Yeah, Great. this is going to be fun. I'm getting Matt out of his comfort zone. So we're going to do this so that everyone knows where. We, I think the biggest thing to start with for these topics is to understand definitions and what where we're coming from, yeah, so that we're not misinterpreted. So critical race theory. Critical race theory is a th- is a theoretical framework in the social sciences that uses critical theory to examine society and culture as they relate to categorizing categorizations of race, law, and power. Critical race theory, or CRT, the view that race, instead of being biologically grounded and natural, is socially constructed, and that race as a... Societal, constructed concept. Socially, socially constructed concept functions as a means to maintain the interest of the white population that constructed it. That is from the Britannica Encyclopedia. Yes. And if we'll, for those throw, you, we'll throw links up on Yeah, we'll, we'll put links to everything. And then critical theory, if you're wondering what critical theory is, it's a philosophical approach to culture. Uh, especially the literature that seeks to confront the social, historical, and ideological forces that structures that produce and con- constrain it. The term is applied particularly to the work of the Frankfurt School. So that in itself, I think, was a little confusing. I, I think critical race theory um, at its core, um, it, I, I, it is, it is I hard to put it. I gave you the fun one. You did. You gave me the fun one. The other one's really easy to understand. There... I think critical race theory is a crock. I really do. But it, <laughs> I, I don't know how sad. I know that's so, going to be offensive so to a I th- lot of I people. Think the, I think the way to look at critical race theory, and I guess our understanding would be that it's this framework of, of life slash worldview that... That's not grounded in anything that, natural. That no race, nature. So it's all, it's all theory. Okay? Remember that. So this is a theory. Their theory is, is that race in general, so white, black, Asian... It's not, it's not biologically is not, grounded. It's not a biological grounds Which is insane. for race. Let me just, that's that, insane. Yes. Insane. Let me finish the definition, Matt. Calm okay. down. Getting all, getting all passion on me. So, so race is not biological. Race is a construct by the white population to usurp themselves over 
minorities. So it's basically it's a it's a theory. I guess you could only call it, almost call it a conspiracy theory. It's an ideology. I don't, it's a conspiracy I mean, theory of race that race does not exist. Yet the yet the yet the terminology of the definition almost debunks it in the fact that it says race does not exist except for white people made races. But I guess in order to categorize a white person, there has to be race to begin with. But anyways, but but again, race isn't founded in any biological construct or in reality. So, so yes, confusing. Which, which, which it's really confusing, and and I don't even know what that means. Like, what does that mean? And so, if someone else out there listening has a better definition or can maybe educate us, we we are we are open, Everything, wide this, open. So our base, our understanding is is that race does not exist in biology. It's rather a social construct of the superior, non quote unquote, non-existent race of white people that have usurped that on other people. <laughs> yeah, because white people shouldn't exist either, right? That's like, yeah. So in theory, in theory, we should all be blobs, turquoise. Are, I mean, <laughs> turquoise, really? Well, I didn't want to say white because then I'm a racist for saying that. <laughs> all right, so that's critical race theory, and then that that kind of that term is married at the hip. Uh, with intersectionality and intersectionality, Man, you just made some people mad. I did, I did, but I'm sorry. They are they're married at the hip. Intersectionality, the theory that overlaps various social identities as race, gender, sexuality, and class, and contributes to the specific type of systematic systematic oppression and discrimination experienced by an individual. And that is the definition for intersectionality. Or let me give you another one. The inter the interconnected nature, because I think this is actually a better definition. The interconnected nature of social categorizations such as race, class, and gender as they apply to a given individual group, regarded as creating overlapping and independent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. And interdependent. I, yeah, inter what did I say? Did I independent. Say oh interdependent systems of discrimination or disadvantage. So yeah, I I think that's probably a, a better definition, and I think the so funny Matt, thing is, what's intersectionality? I, really, I think it's recognizing that it, it's an attempt to recognize. They, I think, people that would contend for this are trying to say that there are races, and how we view the world and what we experience is different based off of our backgrounds, where we come from, our sex, our race. And because of that, there's certain discriminatory factors that, for example, a black woman is going to experience that a black man is not going to experience or a black or, or a white woman is not going to experience versus a white woman. And because of that, we, we need to take into account that these things are different, how our gender, sex, and race intersect and in our culture and how we have different disadvantages because of those things or advantages because of those things versus other people. And when we fail to grasp and understand those things, we are, in fact, being discriminatory. Sure. That is the best way I think <laughs> I can put it, or at least how I understand it at its present. And, and it's been critics. I think that particular viewpoint I just laid out towards the end, right, where it, it is if you don't acknowledge these things i.e. recognize any privilege you may have, then you are by virtue discriminating against the people that may be perceived disadvantaged. as less, less privileged. Than you. Right. And so how do you even define that? I don't know. 
I, I just well, that's where I am with it. So I'm going to be a little more black and white on this. I think here's here's where here's where it's frustrating, and I guess to set the context, like we are two white males that are talking about this, and so we're trying to be as unbiased as possible. But it's just it's a little frustrating when the the attack is on the quote unquote privileged white male and I need to recognize my privilege and then I need to be sorry for my privilege whether it's perceived or unperceived and then understand that everyone else is less privileged than me yeah sure yeah I mean that sounds yeah. good to me I mean it, I, I just really feel strongly that like I don't want to stray into a political conversation really, but the, the idea that am I more privileged than someone else? Have I been afforded opportunities that someone else hasn't? Sure. I think I can acknowledge that, but not I wouldn't all even say awarded. I would say you were, here, here's, here's the beautiful thing. Okay. So people may be irate about America at its present for one reason or another, but here's the thing is America is the best place to be diverse. Well, definitely. Like you have you have more ability to do whatever you want in America than you do anywhere else in the world. Not saying it's perfect. It's yeah, it's not it's beyond it's not perfect, but remember we live in a very fallen broken world where sin is a real thing. Okay, but America, the United States of America is the best place that you can do whatever you want to do. And as long as you push yourself and you don't let the the hard things of life get you down and you keep pushing forward, you can become whoever you want to become. Yeah, definitely. And it, and if I could this uh, this country was built on immigrants' backs. Yes. And when you think about privilege, like here's here's my beef with privilege right now in culture. Was I privileged to come from a family with two loving parents? Yes, that's a privilege. That doesn't mean that I should be shamed for that or I should feel some type of, like, I'm sorry you weren't. That's not my fault. Yeah, Matt, I can't believe both of your parents were married. Your, your parents were married for your entire life. Still married. Well, mine aren't. Yeah, and so somehow that, that makes you less privileged than me? I mean, maybe, but I'm supposed to be condemned for that? Why? Like, yes. I, you know, how's that fair or rational? Right. I, I mean, I anyway. So moving on from this, th this is so where we're going with this is and and it was a June or July. I can't remember. Is it June or July? I got to look at the dates. It it's one of those two months. June 11th and 12th of 2019. 2019. In so Birmingham, Alabama. The, the, the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, um, adopted some new resolutions and uh, they not just this particular resolution, but more resolutions so you can go online they we'll, always we'll post a link to it. There, there's several of them and because this is something that's coming up in our culture and society right now they adopted a resolution around critical race theory and intersectionality and we thought it would be good to go through this this sparked a bit of not outrage in me but just deep concern and my concern does not resonate in the statement itself i think the statement itself is actually pretty well written and fairly generous you know i'll concede that my concern is that it your opens, concerns are for the extreme yes my concerns are for the extreme and the slope that i feel that some people are going to walk down maybe innocently at first but are just going to fall off the cliff 
Potentially. And, potentially. And that's also because my fear of where the church is in regards to doctrine and theology. We don't teach our people catechisms. We don't teach our people creeds anymore. If I ask people, who is God today on the street? Or who, maybe not on the street, but if I asked, if I went <laughs> in your church, if I went to Sunday the church morning. and I said, who is God? Or if I said, I'll pick it, I'll, I'll pick any different topic, right? I, I, I don't think they can answer. I don't think they can answer me. Um, I, I think I'd be surprised. And so that's also one of the emphasis that, that this is why I want to do doctrine episodes that we talked about is because I feel in general the church Coming is Coming soon to wide. a podcast near you. Yes, and an, inch, and an inch deep. And it doesn't have to be that way. And so my concern with things like this is when we haven't taught our people how to critically think or taught them real doctrine that they're, that's instilled in their hearts, they have nothing to check it against. Nothing okay. to check it against. All right. There you so, go. So you tell, I'm kind of worked up about you're this. You're already worked up about it. I'm staying nice and calm and cool. Yeah, whatever. That You weren't calm earlier. We were going. Like, it's in black and white on the paper right here. It I is. can use anything. So ever. do we want to read this whole thing? No, I, I don't think we were going to read the whole thing. I think we hit the highlights. We'll post a link to it online, but I, I do I th- think the resolution was good. So I think I think we should read the, the what what has been resolved. Yeah. Uh, just so that we have an understanding. Are you, you going to read that in your uh, uh, DF, d- y- the DJ voice? Go, go low to the DJ voice. Um, maybe. FM DJ voice. So we'll see. All right. So we're going to read the re- what what the resolution was. So where it starts with resolved when you're reading this online. It, it is a pretty large section for the resolved part. But uh, but it's quick. They're short sentences. They are. They're short run-on sentences. All right. So resolved that the messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention meeting in Birmingham, Birmingham Alabama, June 11th and 12th, 2019, affirm Scripture as the first, last, and sufficient authority with regard to how the church seeks to re- to redress social ills, and we reject any conduct, creeds, and religious opinions which contradict Scripture. I would say that's good. Very yes, good start. that's good. Okay, this is where we're at. We reject anything that goes against, that contradicts Scripture. Great starting point. And be it further resolved that critical race theory and intersectionality should only be employed as analytical tools subordinate to Scripture— not as transcendent ideological framework. Yes, and I, I, I love that they said that. But here's where you and I were getting into it earlier. Are they appropriate analytical tools? What is your definition of appropriate analytical tools, Matt? Analytical tools. No, appropriate analytical tools. Because there are a lot of analytical tools that you supposedly considered inappropriate. I am just saying that... Okay, here's what I would define as appropriate analytical tools. Tools that have been proven over time in church history to be valuable to the equipping, the the equipping and the edification of the saints and the glorification of God. And this is something brand new today that all of a sudden we've got some people saying, this is the tool that we need to use to understand these things, and this is going to provide such insight we've never had before. I think is the height of arrogance. Insight into what? I, well, the way I'm seeing this is insight into how we understand the scripture. And I think that is absurdly ridiculous. Okay, so here's where Matt and I vehemently disagree. is He is saying that this is opening up the door to being able to use critical race theory, intersectionality, as a means to interpret the word. But it's an but ideology. It's an ideology. How can you it's, not it's, view it, the scripture through that lens? In in one of the other terms, so we have another article that 
We may post. We'll, we'll, we'll link. It's it's. Yeah, we may post. We it. may post to just. So hey, there, fair, there fair are warning. three. Don't, don't read it if you can't so, critically think. Okay? Yeah. So the, the current debate over intersectionality is really three debates. Okay. This, so this is from this article. One based on what academics like Crenshaw. So Crenshaw is the lady that coined the coined term the intersectionality. Term, coined the term intersectionality actually means by the term. One based on how activists seeking to eliminate disparity between groups was have interpreted the term. And a third on how some conservatives are responding to its use by those activists. So we have three differing viewpoints on this this issue, and I think our culture at large is interpreted as an ideology, as, which and, means they're going to take that into the church. And as most theories, they get embellished and drawn out differently. So, for instance, um, I'm going to really open up can of worms here, Darwin. In oh the, yeah, in the just, theory of evolution, Darwin himself, at the end of his life, did not think that evolution was real because it could not be scientifically proven. Thus, it is a theory because you cannot scientifically see in the process in the scientific method you cannot see it from start to end. I, I would say that's true for macroevolution. I don't know about microevolution. I yes. think there's some yes. validity to But he didn't get to he was talking macro in his in the in the theory of evolution. Sure man, you just spun off on a rabbit trail. Anyways, there. so but his theory was taken to this massive extreme at which became a theory of truth that people now live their lives based on that we came from monkeys. Would you agree? Sure. So what's happened is that this theory that this theory of intersectionality and critical race theory have come from just 30 years ago, these activists have taken this and run with it to the extreme. But that, that all, I feel like that's besides the point. That's immaterial. I know. Because I know. But it, it's understanding that there's that. I think that she meant for it to go that, to the extreme. That, that's like saying gay 50 years ago didn't mean gay what it means today. Gay 50 years ago meant joyous happy i mean you know like but it, it means something very different today I, I i agree what i'm saying is that is we have to understand where people are taking it that it may not be what was the original definition sure however but matt and i both agree that we feel that her intention was to go to the extreme eventually. yeah i think so i yeah i think so so is it a proper analytical tool to interpret scripture no and and the sbc condemns it as such no they not as an analytical tool i don't think they condemn super, it as an ideology and to supersede the scriptures. Yes, so so it cannot be well used done. to interpret scripture. But no, no, no. I I think it's subordinate to scripture. It doesn't mean it can be used to rewrite scripture or say something scripture doesn't say. Which I, is basically I, what would have to happen with it, though. Yes, I just think as an as an analytical tool, a it's not an appropriate one for just that I that one reason. I listed, I think the but only also value of analytics that it can bring is for current life. I think. I agree with that in the sense that our culture is kind of this is an ideology that they've they've picked up they've they've accepted and I think it's good to understand that in regards to who we're talking to and who we're trying to reach, so we can address those things and let the scripture address those things. But all the stuff that critical race theory quotation quotation marks is trying to address and in, in intersectionality, it's not that the Bible doesn't talk about race, gender, and sex. It does. Yeah, it does. It talks about those things all the time, and so the need to adopt. Yeah, neither Jew nor Gentile. These, these new analytical tools in regards to understand these things in the Scripture is ridiculous because the Scripture already addresses those things. I agree, and so, but I don't think I don't think that right now, that's where the SBC saw the the concern at. 
Where do you think they saw the concern? I think they saw the concern as it becoming an actual worldview that would then become an interpretative issue where they defined it as just a tool for analysis, not a lifestyle. But I, I would, continuing, I would argue... Hold on, continuing. Let me continue and let me get through the rest of the resolution and All then right, we'll, you go. we'll go further. And be it further resolved that the gospel of Jesus Christ alone grants the power to change people in society because he who started a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.6. I think we can agree on that. It's scripture. And be it further resolved that the, that Southern Baptists will carefully analyze how the information gleaned from these tools are employed to address social dynamics. And be it further resolved that the Southern Baptist that Southern Baptist churches and institutions re- repudiate repudiate sorry the misuse of insights gained from critical race theory intersectionality and any unbiblical ideologies that can emerge from their use when absolutized as a worldview. Yes, agree. Like, those aren't good things, but I still go back to my... Here, here's my big beef. My big beef was this, and I think it all stems from, is this an appropriate analytical tool? And I think the answer is no, and I think you agree with that. And based off that, it should not... It has no place in regards to understanding Scripture. I, I, don't, think they, I don't think they said it does. Because they, they just now it says... The well, Southern would, Baptist churches they, and institutions but why would they bother saying, the misuse. Okay, that's the misuse. Not that it shouldn't be used, just the misuse of it. So in other words, there is a use case for this that is appropriate and good, just not the misuse of it. But I think, and, the, and I think it, the understanding is that I, I think what they're trying to give the benefit of the doubt to is that, yes, we can still glean something from the past and from race and what race may have had an effect on. I just think it's a new category that has an ideology attached to it that I don't think you can divorce from it. Maybe you could at one point, but no longer. That is not appropriate in any context for the scriptures. Which is why that they want to repudiate the misuse of it. Because there's there's they're still leaving open the ability to say, no, you're 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 using this wrong. Yes. Okay. So let me ask a different. Maybe maybe ask. Maybe I've been framing this in the wrong way. Do you think, at any point, Jonathan, that critical race theory is useful in understanding the scriptures or intersectionality? I'm thinking. Dun, 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 I'm going to say dun, dun. because I think the main issue is is I, I I think there's other issues with it. I understand what the SBC was doing. But I think the the root cause or the root belief of this was built in racism, even though it's supposed to debunk racism in in theory. I, I, I think there is no place for it. But my issue is that if people want to use it to evaluate the current dynamics in which people are thinking, then yes, we should use it. But that's different. But I don't in light think how- I don't think that the main use across the board right now is in the context of scripture. I think the main use for it now is to get people to accept everything else going on in our society. But they could have, I feel like they could have said that a different way then. They, they, could, have, they could have said, this is something happening in our culture at large. We reject these things in this way. It's not appropriate for use in the scriptures, da 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 I, But I feel like they did say, it may be an appropriate analytical tool, but it's not going to be allowed to support that scripture. Well, that's great. I agree. Like, it, nothing, nothing... This aside for a second, this issue, nothing should be allowed to subordinate, supersede, supersede, excuse me, supersede scripture. 
You okay. want everything to be subordinate. Yes, thank you, John. I agree. That's like, underneath. <clears throat> thank so you very much. Above. Appreciate it. Glad I could but help you. if this is not an appropriate analytical tool, then say it's not an appropriate analytical tool to use it. And I feel like they're leaving the door open for that. And my issue with leaving but the door open... But they've closed the door as well in saying that they, they're going to analyze the use of this and they repudiate anyone you, any misuse of this that will supersede Scripture you, and it become a world. Are you saying that we can... So is there the possibility that this is something that is useful in regards to interpreting Scripture? As of right now, no. Okay, so I, I guess when they're talking about but, evaluating but here's, the but use... But here's, here's the other issue is... I'm playing a little devil's advocate yeah, here. Yeah, I know you are. And because I'm, I'm like, here, I'm here's like, the other issue. So many times... New things have come up about scripture, new findings in 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 like archaeological digs, soci- like societal how do I want to say it? Societal like ex- not not experiments. Help me out here. I don't know what you're talking about. But societal this is findings not- of how, how life was actually lived in those times. That's uh, the study of history. Re- you right? know what I mean. Anyways. So you're talking about archaeology and history. Okay. That's very different. Yes, I know. But what I'm saying is that I don't want to jump to this conclusion that something is just bad because we don't understand it yet. I, I'm not trying to jump to that conclusion. What I am trying to jump to, and I think it's appropriate to jump to, is based on how this is being interpreted and understood by our culture today. But the issue is our culture is, today doesn't believe the Bible anyways. But are, we're opening up the door to those in our churches who are not doctrinally deep, who have not... So, have but a here, strong foundation I, here, those things where, too. This is you, a good tool to look at. No, I don't no, think they said not. it was a good tool to look at. They didn't say it was a good tool to I look at. I know they didn't say it was a good one. I just feel but like how there's, can a, you, there's a small door opened up there that says... But how can you just bust the door down tool? and say that it's a good tool to use? And that this is how we should glean through Scripture when that's not what they said. I, I'm saying The word, you should they, use this to interpret Scripture, is nowhere in this I understand that. But they are saying... They are not saying that this is not a tool to use. And what I'm saying is... They should have said this is not an appropriate tool for A, B, and C. If this changes, then we'll reevaluate this. But it's not a proven tool. It should not be used as a tool. It's an ideology, considered an ideology at large. It shouldn't be used, period. Go ahead, read it. The Southern Baptist churches and institutions repudiate the misuse of insights gained from critical race theory and intersectionality. But the question Here's the question and that I'm begging. And any unbiblical ideologies that here's, can emerge from their use when all, when absolutized as a worldview. But here's my question, though. Can it be used at all for something? Can it not be misused? I, I don't think it can. But what I'm think, what I'm saying is, so is I think they it understand it that. It's a, it's a PC move. It's a dumb pit. Why No, we don't need to be PC. The gospel is not PC. You cannot make the gospel PC. We we do not need PC churches. We need I, I understand. Churches. I understand. But what I'm saying is, is that they did not affirm that it was a good tool. They said, "Yeah, you can use it." But the fact is, you're going to misuse it because it's misuse everywhere. The fact is, everywhere. is that there's going to be misuse, and we repudiate all that. Thank and you. And it should not be a worldview. Thank you. But that's they, my point. But they did like. Here's my thing: is I don't understand where, like, I understand where you're going. It's I a do. PC move. It's a PC me. They PC move they made. They should have just said it's dumb, it's stupid, it shouldn't be used. And if you do use it, it's going to end up being misused because it can't lead anywhere else. Which that's I, my whole. Which point. I think a lot of Southern Baptist leaders are pushing towards now. It looks like you need to go to the SBC convention the next year. I 
as a messenger. I would love to go as a messenger. We need to talk to our church and go because. Well, then we both have to get off work for. I would have been all up in arms about this. I would have been like, what's up with the PC stuff going on, guys? And look, look, I'm not saying there's not a tact in how we communicate things. I definitely think there needs to be. So I think there's wisdom in structuring our communication, especially publicly, especially for the SBC in a way that, given our history and different things that have happened. I think that's what they're moving towards. Is I think what they're saying is that the SBC has been under great fire for, for racial reconciliation. The fact that the SBC was known and like the reason that it was created it, it was. was over racism, like was over slaves. Like that's where that's where the break happened for SBC. Okay. Sorry, Baptist. That's what your history is. It's where we're at. But so they're trying to be delicate in this. And I don't listen, don't hear don't hear me wrong. I don't blame them. And I think that they did the best that they could do to not outright say, yes, we can all use this. But they did say that we should be very careful in how we use this and make sure that it does not become an ideology or an absolute worldview for our for our view of Scripture, which I agree with. I think I... But the fact of the matter is, here's, here's the fact, is, is that... There are going to be cuckoos out there that proclaim Jesus Christ that are going to say this is this is true. This is how we should view Scripture. There's always those people. But I think the the real issue is is that the SBC isn't isn't the issue. No, I, I'm not suggesting that because the the main issue is that our churches should be more responsible in teaching their people the Word of God and the doctrines of no, God. No, uh, that preaches right there. So, yes, I, that, I agree. That's, that's where that. the heart of this issue is. It's not the SBC's fault. The fact that it's they the had to that adopt this le- resolution is ridiculous to th- me. Yeah, the issue is not the SBC is failing, the is- because the SBC has no authority over churches. Well, I, I, I shouldn't say it's ridiculous. I, I, I think it's appropriate for them to address things that are happening in our culture today. Yes, I agree. And I, make- I, just, I just wish that, and maybe this is a fault I have, I, I just would not have communicated it I think I I think I agree. It was a PC move, but we also I, have to remember there's forty four thousand churches in the Southern Baptist. Yes, convention. I just wish it wasn't as PC because I just feel that some people are going to take this as a small, even if the door's only cracked open, it's it's a it's it's a license to use this. And my concern is, in light of what I I feel, I'm going to say I feel because I don't think I can say hundred percent. I know this for a fact, but just based on my personal our, experience, our understanding of this and understanding that our churches are a mile wide, an inch deep in regards to doctrine. This is a dangerous thing to open up our churches to. And I think some people are going to take this in the church and use this as a license to go down this road. And be it good intentions, bad intentions are going to, if this cannot be, if this tool can't help but be misused, then we have problems. So I think I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an issue that's going to be brought up again. And I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, I definitely. think it's going to be highly, highly debated in the next, at the next convention. And I wouldn't be shocked if there's another resolution made on it. But as of right now, as the resolution stands, I'm okay with it because I think the, the deeper issue lies with our churches in general and the leaders of the churches and that our leaders should be more bold in proclaiming the gospel and teaching their people because I think what we need to realize is that the job of a pastor is not to reach the lost people in your community. The job of a pastor is to equip the saints so that they can reach the lost people in your community. That, that's true, but... I, just to and say that's that too, where a pastor, I mean, a, a pastor is called to reach lost people too, but specifically in the yes. context of, of Sunday, 
right? Or Saturday, whenever the heck your service is. Yes, I'm not saying as a pastor. I, know, you I just never felt go like out. I had to say that yeah. just because someone's going to say. But what I'm saying we're is, saying pastors Sunday, aren't called to reach lost people. That's, that's su- not what we're saying. Sunday morning is not meant for you to bring your lost friend so that the pastor can save them. Yes. Sunday and, morning and is I meant will, for your pastor. I will to go to battle you. on that point. I've gone Sunday to battle. I've gone to battle with people on that point. Yeah. Sunday morning. Point. Sunday morning is meant for your pastor to equip you, so you can reach your friend in your context of living. So this is a great jumping point into this whole thing is just another reason we're fired up about about the doctrine episodes that are coming down the road. So I think where we want to where we want to be today is that we are very cautious and worried about this critical race theory and intersectionality and that we feel it's very it's a very dangerous thing to dabble in and how it may impact and there's a poten- and there's a potential that we could have a a big swing again. I mean, it was just yeah, what, it wasn't was long it, 20, ago. It was yeah, it was, it was actually around this. So tw- 20, 30 years ago, when the conservative resurgence happened within the SBC, and we feel as though the pendulum may be starting to swing to the other side. And I think as as Bible believing Christians in the SBC, we need to fight for biblical truth, not go to arms and declare enemies but we need to make sure that the bible remains the center of what we believe and not allow these secular ideas to infiltrate the gospel yes agreed with all maybe appropriate at some point i think it'd be a good episode if we talked about uh, uh pc culture you guys let us know if you think it'd be good if we talk about grace and truth and how that's to be delivered all right guys so that is all we have for today any other closing remarks you have matt no you know, I, I think this is a um, this is a frustrating one for me. Just the just where we are with some of these things is frustrating to me. I understand. I think everyone can understand where you're coming from and the fact that you fear that people are going to start using this to interpret scripture and that we have gained this this new enlightenment that 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 the church fathers did not have. Those dummies. But I feel as though I feel as though right now, I don't think that's where some people are. And I think right now we just need to be very cautious with it and be alert, be alert to the situation, alerted to the situation, but not in, not in let's destroy mode. I'm not quite in, I destroy mode, but I am in, I'm going to reveal how much of a nerd I am. Like if you've ever read Aragon, by the way, great book series. And I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but the bad guy is, is, like the good guys, when they're evaluating this bad guy, I'm not making a lot of sense. I'm just going to stop because I can't do it without giving spoilers. So I'm sorry. But my, my, what I'm the trying books to, have been out for like 10, 20, okay, fine. All right. Years. So here's the point I'm trying to get at the the equivalency I'm trying to draw. So Galbatorix, the bad guy, kill get his his original dragon gets killed. He gets a new dragon, and the elders are concerned about this. And what's his name? Artemis or. I can't remember, remember the, the the other guy guy's name now, but was concerned about this. But the other the other elders have become complacent. We're not as worried. Didn't think they could be really be challenged. And all of a sudden, Galvatorx wiped them all out. And, and that's kind of my concern with these things. When we leave the door open a little bit, that's all it takes. And I just feel like this this is a wolf in sheep's clothing here. And we need to be really, really cautious. And as a gatekeeper, my initial response is, "I'm going to, de- I'm going to destroy this. I'm not going to allow this thing to destroy my people." Yeah. So. And I, th- I think I think having that caution is good and healthy. By the way, 
Um, Aragon was originally released on book in 2002, so it's almost been 20 years. Wow. Good books. Good, Good books. books. Anyways. All right. So where you can find us, you can find us at thisisourcall.org. If you're looking for the podcast, it's forward, forward slash podcast. We are on Twitter. Uh, we are on Instagram. At this is our call. At this is our call. And we are on all major podcasting platforms. If you find one we're not on, just pick up our RSS feed. You can add it to there. You'll be good to From go. On the website. Till the whole world knows. This is our call. Mm-hmm.